Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Is today the beginning of a new era in the Big 12 Conference, or is it too early to say that? Is that next season? We'll discuss that on today's show. This is the Neighborhood Watch here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. Please subscribe to the channel, guys. We're on our way to 12,000. We are trying to get there by Saturday, so please subscribe today. Help us make that goal. We're less than 100 away. We need your all's help. Find us wherever you all get your podcasts. If you cannot watch us on YouTube, you guys can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, all those places. If you are on Twitter slash X, you guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can also find the show at NWPod365. Let me know if you all would want to see me on TikTok or Instagram doing stuff like that. Um, I do a lot of my reading on, on Twitter and listen to a lot of podcasts like you all do. But are you guys on Instagram? Are you guys on TikTok? Do you guys get your content from there? Should I join? Want you all to let me know, like the video, and leave comments about those things. Also, our free to join Big 12 Pick'em is available over at CBS Sports. I will show you all right now. All you all have to do is go over to CBS Sports, make an account there if you don't have one already. Go to their college pick'em under play now. When you all do, look up or find the neighborhood watch. I will include a link in the uh, comment section below, also in the description of the show. You click there to join. All you have to do is put in watch. That's the password, watch. So right now we have a nice little group of you all. Continue to join because if you all win the competition at the end of the year, you will get a piece of Neighborhood Watch mer merchandise. And also you will get a 365 sports hat. I have one of them. They're awesome. Uh, I don't think I have it next to me. I think it's my car, but uh, they have fantastic hats. They have good merch over there. So we're making the Neighborhood Watch merch, and then we'll be followed by a 365 hat. So you guys can go sign up for that. It's free to play. It's free to win as well. My Big 12 picks for each week, which were 31, 28, and 1, I think, last year, those will be out on Twitter on uh, Saturday morning. All right, so let's get after it. So my, my thought about today's show, we'll do some picks tomorrow, but – it's the 31st of August, 2023. This signals the beginning of the college football season. It's the beginning of the Big 12 season. Now, we had week zero, but Big 12 games get kicked off tonight. I believe it's 6.30 Central Time when Kent State travels to Orlando to take on the very uh, a new Big 12 member, very hyped up UCF team for this season. And it got me thinking about the state of affairs in the Big 12 and I talked about this on July 1st, but I kind of want to run back through it and, and talk a bit more, too, about where we are. Like, is today the beginning of a new era in the Big 12 Conference? Yes, in some ways it is. Because I think there's a strong argument to make, like, look, next year is the beginning of the new era. Because there are some folks out there that see OU in Texas going to the SEC as a sign of the Big 12 losing validity. Right. And the Big 12, I guess, real fight might begin next year when they add the four schools out of the Pac 12 and they lose Oklahoma and Texas. But 
the reason why that I think that new era kind of is starting now, maybe already started, is, is beginning today in terms of football, is this. You think about what happened when the Big 12 went into the 2022 football season, what the Big 12 conference was facing. They were facing a situation where they knew they are going to add four more schools, yes. It was finalized in September, right? They knew they are going to add four more schools, but Oklahoma and Texas were leaving. That had not been negotiated. They got a new commissioner. They had no TV contract. And really, people wondering, like, how well are these teams going to perform now? And can they be counted as, like, the major part of the conversation? I think they're still fighting that battle in some way. But think about everything that's transpired since then chronologically, right? Brett Yormark comes in. October, we get the news. The Big 12 is getting a TV deal. Wow, that's fantastic, right? All right, so they get the TV deal in October. That news comes out. They beat the Pac-12 at that point in time. And then you go ahead and you go on later in the football season. And oh my God, TCU, what a run. Incredibly entertaining, right? They have all these great moments. They have the Kansas-DCU uh, matchup. That's college game day. You've got the Big 12 championship, or obviously the Baylor uh, TCU game, you know, at, at Big Noon. You had the Texas TCU game, which obviously was a massive, uh, you know, Saturday night game. You had the Big 12 championship game, which delivered, which was college game day, which is the highest rated championship game in terms of TV numbers. Then you have TCU go and beat Michigan in the college football playoff. Now, ultimately, they get thumped by Georgia, but TCU, be, uh, you know, they actually lost to Kansas State. They didn't beat K State in the Big 12 title game, but TCU plays K State in the title game. No Texas, no OU there, right? Obviously a big moment to have the Big 12 represented by new schools, or I guess new Big 12 schools, like remaining schools that will end up being the new Big 12. You all know what I mean. And so with that, you think, all right, wow, this is, this is a fantastic uh, look for the Big 12. And then you have, in the offseason, the Oklahoma and Texas coming to terms, right? The Brett Yormark gets that deal done. Um, you know, we heard there was an impasse, but Brett Yormark stayed on it. I remember he was asked at Oklahoma State about it. He goes, no, no, we're not done. We're, we'll, we'll take care of it. You know, we're working on it. The members of the conference right now, they get the job done. He mentioned it the other day. He said, hey, look, you know, uh, that when he was uh, when he was at Texas Tech speaking, he said, you know, I, I know you all wanted them out of here. Right. He gets them gone. And then the offseason persists. And we're talking about new potential members and Gonzaga's kicked around. And then, uh, you know, we have UConn being kicked around. And there's a lot of talk of, well, you know, the Pac-12 could collapse. But honestly, in the end of the day, it feels like the Pac-12 is going to hang on. And then more and more time went along. The Big 12 commissioner looked very, very competent. The Pac-12 commissioner did not look very competent. And you reached a point where Colorado made the jump and said, no, there's, there, is more, uh, there is more solid ground to stand on in the Big 12 conference. And they joined. And then we had the rest of the Pac-12 members that are coming to join, joined. Right? And so, you know, overall, we know four new members are coming in. But the, the upshot for me is this is that I saw the other day when we were talking about a, a Big 12 rebrand was being talked about and a name change being kicked around. The reason why, if I'm the Big 12, I'm not changing the name is the Big 12 right now is very synonymous with success. And it's synonymous with success in these ways. Brett Yormark is an incredibly popular figure in the media space right now. There's a lot of respect from media pundits. There are a lot of respect from television executives in that space for the Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark. 
I'm not sure we all, I mean, we all thought he might command some of that, but to have the success that he has had is, has put the conference in a very good spot. When you pair that up with the fact that TCU made the national championship game last year, when you pair that up with the fact that the big 12, after losing two massive brands, after other conferences passed on taking their schools is like rising out of the ashes here as like, you know, not, not a Phoenix, but a cockroach, I guess you could say, right. The fire is, you know, has been going around them and they've, they've just survived and they've always survived. No matter who has left this league and joined this league, this league has survived. Everybody said, well, you know, Colorado, uh, the, the, the big 12, they're joining is much different than the one they left. Sure. But like, there's still a core group of schools that have survived that, that have, you know, and, and now they hope to thrive. Now what thriving means can be a little bit different, but think about it that way. Like these schools really do think they've got a good chance at thriving now. And so if you're thinking about a name change, why would you change the name of a conference that, well, it's not even got 12 schools. Yeah. It feels like it rarely has had 12 schools. So it's actually kind of fitting. Like who gives a, who gives a rip? It's kind of uh, part of the identity. This conference has been all over the place. And I think that's something Brett Yormark has done a great job leaning into is that this conference is a changing conference. It's a conference of change. It is a progressive conference. It is a, we have to figure out what to do, how to do it and how to maximize our situations. Uh, TCU is not Georgia the same way. The big 12 is not the sec, right? These big 12 institutions do not have the financial support in terms of television numbers that a lot of those schools have. They do have big fan bases. They do have passionate fan bases. They do have people who will watch, but the money from television is going towards the SEC. It is going towards the Big Ten. The Big 12 is getting some money as well, but not as much. So they're fighting an uphill climb. And in recruiting, these, these schools are fighting a bit of an uphill climb. There are Big 12 schools in Texas, but think about the some of the really stronger groups here in this conference Oklahoma State, develop, they recruit very well, but the development there has always been fantastic. Kansas State, Bill Snyder, and now under Chris Kleiman. I mean, Chris Kleiman comes in. He was not like, you know, he's younger than Bill Snyder was, obviously, but he is a developer, right? They have won the Big 12. TCU is this program that, I mean, Gary Patterson, they, they recruited well. They're in Texas. Like, they did a great job developing guys under Gary Patterson. They were putting guys in the league left and right. And they just put a bunch of guys in the league last year as well, too. And so, you know, they've been able to, to kind of be this chameleon and, and go with the flow and, and you know, kind of uh, get into these, you know, and be successful. These, this collection of schools is not like an American athletic conference, but they're going to add some schools from those, but like they're different kinds of schools, right? UCF is a massive school in Orlando that's going to play games in Texas that is now in a power five conference. Houston is one of the largest cities in the country. Cincinnati made a college ball playoff. BYU is this massive fan base because of their religious association, how passionate that fan group is. And then they have these, you know, obviously state universities and other schools coming in for the Pac-12. Like this conference is eclectic. And so they need to lean into that as much as it is a weakness for them because they're not getting the same amount of money. They need to be the ones who refuse to stop changing. Right. I, I think we all kind of hate change in college sports. It's been a whole lot of change in a very short period of time. But the Big 12 needs to say, uh, -uh we embrace the change. Let's try to go play games in Mexico. Let's go have that coaching clinic in New York. Let's go and try to play, you know, basketball games and, and football games in different places. Uh, you know, let's, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping in the end, fingers crossed, uh, they end up putting, uh, you know, I, I want to see the big 12 be the first uh, conference that really encourages their schools to put uh, sponsors on, on their, on their jerseys. 
All right. I really do think that the Big 12 you know, can, could do a, a good job with that. They just have their pro day now, the Big 12 only pro day. That's going to be at Cowboy, I think it's the Star or, the, or it's at uh, Cowboy Stadium. I forget which one it is at AT&T. But they just got you know, the Air Force sponsor that. Like they have to find all of these as innovative, as creative as possible ways to keep the conference moving forward because I still have trepidations about where the sport, especially of college football, is going to go. I think the Big 12's station in college basketball is pretty set. Uh, the Big 12 is the best conference in America when it comes to hoops. You are not going to have a Big 12 conference if you do not have Texas Tech and Baylor and Kansas and K-State and uh, Houston, obviously, coming in and Arizona. Um, you can't talk about modern college basketball without those schools, right? I mean, especially the last few years, we've known, you know, been over the credentials before, but there was a three-year stretch where the 19 championship game, Texas Tech, inches away. The championship game the next time around, Baylor kind of beat the brakes off Gonzaga, right? And then KU uh, goes ahead and wins against Carolina. They had three separate schools, either in, I mean, three national championship, like Texas Tech belonged there, right? They belonged. They got to that game. They belonged there. They were competitive in that game all the way. It was overtime, right? So they're good in basketball, and I'm hoping basketball and football, kind of like that, that basketball cachet, can at least help them in football stay, uh, stay involved. But we know this for a fact, guys. The Big Ten and the SEC are going to put – they're going to take control eventually of the CFP. They're going to push to get as many of their members as possible in those games. And so the Big 12 needs to be prepared for that. And needs to be able to make sure they have, look, they're not going to have as big of a seat. You know, I think if it's a situation where there's four Big Ten teams and four SEC teams, it might be two Big 12 teams. Or, you know, they might not even get guaranteed two Big 12 teams. They might not even do any guarantees at all, right? You have to fight your way all the way in. And, um, you know, how those teams are selected might change as well, too, when those conferences do eventually take over the CFP. So, the Big 12, by kind of embracing Brett Yormark's strategy, they need to do that. Now, there needs to be a meeting of the minds because Brett Yormark self, you know, admitted, basically admittedly, is not a football guy. He says he's got people on his staff to help him with football. So having those folks around him, they need to figure out how to be progressive outside the box, make more money, but also how they can still get involved in football. And what does what what can Brett Yormark do? What can he bring to these schools? And I think actually this is one space where it could work. They need to find some creative ways that they can use his insights and in marketing, his connections to build strong NIL foundations. And I mean foundations, I mean like more figurative foundations than actual ones, but actual, you know, actual ones as well too. Um, build those foundations at schools. You know, is there a way the Big 12 could be one of the, you know, when, when CFP or when uh, college football goes away, eventually breaks away, could they be one of the first conferences that embraces a revenue sharing model? Could they find a way to make that happen for its players? He needs to be on the phone with all of these schools. And look, they all have different bases. You know, they all have different uh, donor, um, you know, capabilities. But the Big 12 needs to find ways to make the student athlete experiences at these institutions good. Uh, they, I mean, the coaching still has to be good. The performances still have to be good. You still need TCUs to come around and deliver what they did last year. But the Big 12 needs that progressive attitude in terms of like pushing boundaries and saying like, hey, will this work? This might not work. Gonzaga, Gonzaga and UConn work. Oh, uh, it might not work. But hey, what about basketball only? We see the financials on that. Oh, let's go play games in Mexico. What does that look like? It's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. 
And the good news is all of their games are going to be on major networks, at least till 2030. So you have the protection of having those big brands around you on your side. And so no matter where you put your games, it's not like you're playing a Pac-12 network game in China, right? Larry Scott's China idea. We're not doing that all the way. So the Big 12 in terms of like on, on the whole, it's not a new era in, in, with football because Oklahoma and Texas are still in it. And the Big 12's real fight begins next year. That fight will get even more real. I don't think it should. It will get even more real if OU or Texas win the Big 12 championship this year because no matter what happened the last three or four seasons, everyone's going to say, well, look who won it this year. Oklahoma and Texas. They outgrew the league. They're going to take their title. They're going to move on. And the Big 12 really doesn't want that, right? They, they, don't, they don't want that to happen. So that is why I think this is worth asking because like they're not all the way there at the new era yet. But the perception, the perception of the league, in my opinion, we have entered a new area, a new era, right? On-field results is our on-field results. But right now, the Big 12 is in the conversation because of that cockroach-like nature, the refusal to be killed. You all have seen the Game of Thrones. It's like the Hound. Uh, now, he does eventually die. That's by his, basically his own choice. He hurls himself off the building with his... Spoiler, he hurls himself off the building with his brother. But, I mean, Arya Stark just leaves him to die. And, and what do you know? He comes back, he picks up that axe, starts chopping that wood. They kill all of his friends and he kills everybody else. That They are the hound. The Big 12 is the hound in Game of Thrones. Are they the most important character in the story? No, but man, you really do like to watch him on the screen because he has some excellent moments. Kind of pissed off when he killed the butcher's boy, but since then he's been great. He has been, you know, he, all these great moments you think about from the Game of Thrones and that character, but just like, the, you know, J John Wick, if you will, just refusal to be killed. I feel like the... Uh, the hound is kind of a more proper analogy because like John Wick's the main character. Y'all send me in your comments in the comment section. Give me uh, characters and things that just refuse to die, but aren't the main character. That's kind of what I'm looking for, but still play a massive role in how the story goes down. That is what the big 12 is the big 12 had a say last year and who was an ass championship game. And they beat a team that a lot of folks think this year is going to be in the college football playoff. And they never trailed in that game. And, uh, you know, no matter what happens against Georgia, that, that's really important. They're out of school in Utah. It's been to back-to-back -back Rose Bowls. And so they're pushing on the cusp as well, too. But, like, that's kind of what the new era looks like. So they need more results like that. Yes, on-field results do matter. When you think about where the Big 12 is now, it is a new era because I think if I compare the start of last year to this year, the perception is much different about how this league is, is viewed. It, it just is. And it's a lot of positivity uh, about this league. Once again, we can't guarantee great results, but I can guarantee you, here's the thing about the Big 12, and this is why Fox picked them back up. The Big 12 guarantees exciting contests, basically, because of how even the conference is. I've seen other people talk about this, like which conference is the best. Guys, girls, friends, the SEC and the Big 10 are better football conferences than the Big 12. They just are. Uh, TCU might have beaten Michigan. That was one game. It was one game, all right? Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa. Uh, you know, you go down the line, like those five programs, the Big 12 does not have five programs like that, guys, in terms of name value, in terms of year-over-year -year success. They do not have that. But what I would posit to you is they have better depth. Now, I would rather have those top-heavy teams, those great brands. You know why? Because... It means it guarantees the safety of, of all the programs because Rutgers gets to make $80 million a year 
And they get to do that because they're kind of near New York City and Ohio State's like, right? Like, why does Ohio State, or why does the Big Ten uh, get, get so much money on their TV contract? Well, they're in a bunch of markets people want to be in. Rutgers gets included, but people aren't watching because of Rutgers. BTN, you're getting that in New York City, and they're happy that Penn State and Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State and Wisconsin people are all watching the games, not for Rutgers fans, but Rutgers gets paid all the less, right? Uh, it's, it's kind of any conference, right? Vanderbilt, I mean, they're athletics guys besides baseball. They're not really bringing the hammer or the Commodores. No, but you know what? They get to collect that SEC check all the same. So from that perspective, I would rather be in one of those conferences. I, I'd rather the Big 12 be one of those conferences because that that um, guarantees some safety and some, and some you know, you, you, you can breathe. The Big 12 is more safety, though. I mean, they're not out of the Big 2. They're not in the Big 2. But, man, we're talking about the ACC's collapse. We're not talking about the Big 12's collapse. We are positing about the Big 12's future involvement in the CFP and how that looks. And the Big Ten and the SEC just going to go be a super league, which I still think would be a massive mistake. People are upset. Guys, here's the thing right now, too. Like, folks are upset about the clock rules changing and that NFLing up. Like, you know, if you're feeling like that's NFLing up your college football too much, just wait until we have a super league. Holy cow. You want to talk about NFLing up your college football. If only 30 teams can play in a super league, guess what other league has 30 teams? And guess which league they're all professionals in? And guess, I mean, it's the most popular sport in America, right? College football is number two. And I think there are big brands that get a lot of eyes. Yes, that is true. But people just want to watch compelling television. The reason why LSU versus Iowa women's basketball did so good is because of Caitlin Clark. That She is compelling television to watch. Right. That's what people wanted to that, that game last year did as well as the LSU Alabama game did, uh, you know, and that's that's amazing thing. And that just shows you, like, people want compelling characters and stories out of their college sports. And, yeah, a lot of times those compelling characters and stories do come from top brands. But there are plenty of other instances where they do not come from those top brands and they're still valuable. All right. And if you cut off all of these teams, all of these schools, I mean, here's the thing now, like the same schools are winning every year. Yes, that is true. But if you just cut off everybody's opportunity to be there, the investment from everyone else will go down. I mean, it's hard to care right now about some of those schools. It feels like they're too far away. But when a TCU or a Cincinnati gives us hope, it's a great reminder why we love this sport so much. And the fact that a Cincinnati can go and play in Alabama. And Cincinnati made a better acquitting of themselves than Washington did a few years ago, than Oklahoma did a few years ago, than Kansas State did last year, right? All of those things are true. Cincinnati, I mean, in the, in the game against uh, Georgia uh, in the year previous to the playoff, made a great accounting of themselves as well. So those stories matter and whatnot. And I think we're talking right now about NFLing up like college sports. Like it's going to keep going that way. And if, I mean, I'm actually happy. I'm happy about the clock rules. But if you, I mean, if you all think that's NFLing it up, then just wait until a Super League. And I'm, I'm worried about that. I'm worried about the Big 12's involvement in it. And I'm worried about what that does for the quality of the sport. Because once again, guys, if you want pro-type football, the best version of pro football is pro football. The NFL. The NFL is the best version of football. Same thing, like, we love college basketball. It's great. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, we, we love the, the NCAA tournament. You take away the tournament, guys, college basketball lo loses a lot of its allure. The Cinderella factor. I was a part of that run. VCU's run was magical. George Mason's run was magical, right? San Diego State's run was magical. 
Um, you take away those those things and make it more like the NBA. The NBA is a better product than college basketball in terms of the quality of the hoops. But the postseason that the college hoops offers is just the best postseason in any sport, period. So like, you have to understand those things about when you're changing college sports. Sure, chase some money. But if you just chase money and just go Super League, like I actually think you might end up hurting the sport and hurting your long-term prospects. Now, do these folks care? I don't know. I'm not really sure they do. But kind of back to the original point, guys, the Big 12 is not the SEC. The Big 12 is not the Big 10. But what they lack for in top quality teams, they make up for in competitive nature. They are not as good as those conferences. They do not have as many hammers, but they have kind of the quality. I mean, the SEC, I think their quality throughout is actually better than the Big 12. I, I think I feel pretty good saying that. Like the entire SEC West is good. Um, and like Mississippi State was picked to finish last and that team, you know, uh, that I mean, that Mississippi State team like, is actually pretty good and like might be pretty decent. It will. If, if Mike Leach was still alive, may he rest in peace. And, and Zach Arnett might do a good job, but that defense might be really good. Will Rogers, obviously, a good player. They were picked to finish last. All right. They're picked to finish last. So uh, the Big 12 is not those conferences. It's not better than the Big 10. It, it's just, it's not. It's not better than the SEC. It might be better than the ACC, though. And, and it's, and it's in terms of week to week competitiveness, like find me a league where there's not just bang, bangers every single week. TCU's tightrope walk was an unbelievable journey. Uh, fun, compelling, interesting games every single week. And once again, they put a game between Oklahoma State and Baylor on Fox last year. It was a rerun of the Big 12 championship game. Those two schools were good then. They ended up not being at the end of the year because you never know. You never know with this league. And that competitiveness is what makes it so exciting. It's not those, but here's the thing. The, the mistake that killed the Pac-12 was the fact that they thought that they were one of the big leagues. They thought that they should be valued like one of those leagues. The Big 12 knows they are not. They can punch above their weight class sometimes, but they know most of the time they're not. So you have to find the inefficiencies. That's what these programs do when they find certain players or transfers. They find these quality coaches from certain places. That's what they do. And the Big 12 as a conference finds inefficiencies as well. That symmetry, that I think that alignment, to use a key word, is very important. So in some ways, the new era has already begun because of the way people are perceiving this league. The real new, new era will begin next year, but the new era of how this conference is viewed, that's definitely changed. Game day, guys. UCF plays Kent State tonight. Don't have a pick for that. It's a massive spread. I've got no idea what's going to happen. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at JoshNeighbors underscore. Please subscribe to the channel. Follow us on X and uh, find us wherever you guys get your podcasts. Uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcast. if you guys cannot watch the show. All right, folks. See you tomorrow.